Thank you, Ryan, for the update on the care ministry, which is such a, a, an important and vital ministry um, for us. Uh, I did hear mention in the letter, thank you for the laundry. Um, I didn't get laundry help when people helped me move. I didn't know that that was an option. Uh, so I'm going to put in for laundry help in the coming weeks if that's okay. Anybody want to be in charge of the laundry ministry here in Thrive? No takers. Ryan Holly, you've now adopted that ministry. Uh, we have a special topic tonight because we're going to focus on fellowship. In a moment, you're going to go get to know people in your group a little bit better, have fun, play some games, um, maybe hear some testimonies and all those different things. But Ryan did a, an excellent job last week uh, taking us to the Word of God and showing us from the book of Ephesians what it means, the difference between walking as a child of light. Um, and one passage really stuck out to me, and I thought it deserved maybe just a, a brief moment to to extrapolate just a little bit more. And if you got your Bibles, go with me to Ephesians chapter 5, where we were last time. We want to talk about this phrase just a little bit more. Ephesians chapter 5. We're going to look at verse 10. I'll read in context, so starting at verse 7. It says, Therefore do not become partners with them, for at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true, and try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. And that last phrase right there, pleasing to the Lord, is one that appears a lot of times in the Bible, but really I don't hear a lot of people talking about it. In fact, after the lesson, I went back and I was looking at all the commentators that I have on the book of Ephesians, and just very few of them really comment on this phrase, pleasing the Lord, but this is a mindset I believe not only we should adopt, but is, is a must if we call ourselves a child of God, pleasing to the Lord. When I say the name Michael Phelps, typically things that you would think of would be things that we would not want to imitate him in things that he's done, either it be the recreation he does outside of his sport or the foods that he chooses to endorse, but there is one thing that he has. Uh, that I do think would be good for us to adopt. And I was reading uh, how he trains for these races. He trains for races, and his coach saw in him early on uh, someone who's going to be a great athlete, but he said, this is what I want you to do. Every night before you go to bed, and every day that you get up, I want you, he said this phrase, to put in the videotape. And it wasn't a literal videotape. It was something in his mind that he put on and it was him in his mind going through what the perfect race looked like as a swimmer. What it would mean for him to make every stroke correct. What it would mean for every dive to be the intricate, uh, perfect dive that it needed to be. Everything being perfect. The turn and setting the world record. Every night before you go to bed, every morning when you get up, I need you to put in the videotape. Then when he would come to practice, there would be certain points in times where he would be doing his laps and the coach would yell, put in the videotape, which meant focus your mind and do what you know you should do. He said that is how he began to train his mind to think and prepare to be a champion. Now for us, that, that's Michael Phelps. He's got this, this picture in his mind of what he thinks a perfect race is. For us as Christians, though, it's not a bad idea to take that phrase, put in the videotape, but adopt what the perfect life looked like in Jesus Christ each night before we go to bed, each time we wake up in the morning, because I read in the scriptures that the father looked at the son and he said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Or John 8, 29, I always do what is pleasing 
to the Father. So if I think about that, as a Christian now, this is as a Christian, you can never get this wrong. This is what we talked about with imitating God a few weeks ago. I can't say I'm going to imitate Christ in order for Christ to save me. I can only say I'm going to imitate Christ because he has saved me. And when I get that right, because I've received salvation and I have his perfect righteousness, I begin to imitate him. And so for you and I, each and every day, we have in the pages of scriptures, in the gospels especially, if you're with us in the DVR, we are reading about the life of Christ. And you can literally every night and every morning put in the videotape of what it means to please God. And you see it in the life of Jesus Christ. The more you do that, when it's time for you to go out and actually live that, you're going to be much better prepared because you're going to see what it looks like. You see, when we try and discern what is pleasing to the Lord, we see it most clearly in everything that Jesus did. So it would be wise for us to do that. But I think Jesus, the one who not only was God, but lived out that perfect life for us as a human, did so because of his knowledge of the Bible. And when we go to the Bible, we find a lot of phrases that tell us really what God delights in. I want you to write these phrases down, these, these passages down, so you can think about them as we move on, this is what Christ knew would be pleasing to the Father. 1 Samuel 15, 22 is the first one to write down. 1 Samuel 15, 22. And this is between Samuel and Saul. And Saul, again, for the second time, has disobeyed a command from God. He's offered sacrifices the way he should not have offered sacrifices. And Samuel comes to him and says this phrase, 1 Samuel 15, 22. Has the Lord great delight or great pleasure in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, it is better to obey than to sacrifice and to listen than the fat of rams. What he's saying in that is you could do a lot of religious activity over here and have it look like it's really pleasing to God. But what God ultimately wants is that when you hear his voice, you do what he tells you to do. Don't just put on religious works on the outside. Really hear the voice of God and respond to it, and that God delights in rather than just mere externals. He wants you to obey from the heart. So I know that if I'm going to be pleasing to God, I can't just put on some external work when I come to church, letting people know that I am doing good when I'm here at church, and then I'm not listening to the voice of God when I'm outside. Do I hear the voice of God and want to respond to it? Christ did that over and over again. That's, that's how he defeated temptation. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word comes out of the mouth of God. It is better to obey than to put on some religious uh, uh, external uh, obedience. First Thess 4.1 is another one that we can say obedience is going to be pleasing to God when we do it as his children. First Thess 4.1, finally then, brothers, we ask and urge you in the Lord Jesus that just as you learned from us, how you ought to walk and to please God just as you are doing, that you do so more and more. We've made mention of this before, but it's always good to clarify. That's a great phrase to think of when we're talking about in obedience. It's more and not enough. I'm not telling you to obey enough for God. I'm telling you to obey more and more, to grow in your obedience and your response to God. And when you do that, that is pleasing. That's the difference between me being legalistic and saying I've obeyed enough because that's never true. But if I say I want to obey more, now I'm adopting the mindset that pleases God. So we want to make sure we obey, and those categories will help you think that way. Secondly, knowing God, God delights in that. 
Jeremiah 9, 23 and 24. Knowing God. God delights when we know him. It says this, Thus says the Lord, Let not the wise man boast in his wisdom. Let not the mighty man boast in his might. Let not the rich man boast in his riches. But let him who boasts boast in this, that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord who practices steadfast love, justice, and righteousness in the earth, and in these I delight, declares the Lord. In these people, I think, is what that passage is referring to. Those people who boast in knowing God and who he is. And when you know God and you develop in that knowledge of God, you will be pleasing to him. You can also write down Colossians 1, 9 to 11. Colossians 1, 9 to 11. And so from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. So that's what we're doing. When we increase in the knowledge of God, we're bearing fruit in every good work, and we are pleasing to the Lord, and that's what we want to be doing. We want to continue to grow in our knowledge of God. So this is just all the more to say, hey, we've got a good bookstore over there. You know what would be great? Go buy a book about God and sit down and read it. And as you learn more about God, you will delight more in God. And the more you know about him, the more you're going to thirst for more knowledge. And when you do that, you're going to watch your pleasure of how you please God grow and grow. We want to make sure we do this. Finally, it's a little bit what we just talked about a moment ago, but doing good for others. Doing good for others is so pleasing to God. Write down Philippians 4.18, and I'll read it to you. Philippians 4.18. Listen to how Paul describes what the Philippians have done for him. He says, I have received full payment and more, and I am well supplied, having received from Epaphroditus the gifts you sent me, and notice how these gifts are described. A fragrant offering and sacrifice acceptable and pleasing to God. That's what you do when you offer goods to someone else. You care for someone else. You sacrifice for someone else. That is a fragrant offering that is pleasing to God. That's what Ryan was speaking about a moment ago. When you get to heaven, you know that you have given these sacrifices to God that have been very pleasing to him when you take time on a Saturday afternoon to wake up early and go move boxes or bring a meal to somebody, or write a card of encouragement. All of these things are doing good to other people, and this is what is pleasing to God. Hebrews 13, 16 is another one. Do not neglect to do good and share what you have, for such sacrifices are pleasing to God. Hebrews 13, 16, that's incredible. Do not neglect to do good and share with others, because that's going to be pleasing to God. It's See, being pleasing to God is not something that we have to really guess at. When Paul says try and discern, we've got the scriptures themselves that lay out all these things that tell us what it means to be pleasing to God. And when you live for the pleasure of God, and that is your one aim, now you're going to find the enjoyment of life at a much more fuller experience. In fact, Paul says in 2 Corinthians 5, 9, we have as our ambition, whether at home or absent, to be pleasing to him. That's Paul's one goal in life, his one aim. I am going to be pleasing to him. And we would do well to adopt that same mindset because it's imitated for us in Christ. And we want to make sure that happens. You know, I find often as I do sort of counseling or even watch sin and temptation in my own life, there's that, there's that process 
that if you don't stop it when the temptation is there or the circumstances are getting really hard, there's that time where if I start to consider myself more, everything's going to start to get bad. I was reading a, a story of uh, an Amtrak train uh, that, that went off the rails, and it began to increase in speed, and because of that, just caused a huge disaster. People died. It did a lot of damage on the outside. And I found it very interesting in the article. It said there's this thing called the PTC, which is called the positive train control. And in that part where that train crashed, that was out. It wasn't working correctly. And so what happened was, when that system is fully functioning, as the train goes through, if it's going through too fast, the system notices that and automatically puts the brakes on the train so it doesn't go and cause all that damage. Because it was out in that section, the train continued to increase and it caused great damage early on. Fights in your marriage or sin in your life or temptation, if you don't have something similar to that PTC, that as soon as it starts to get close, to put on the brakes and say, no, this isn't going to go out of control, if you don't have that, you're going to cause a lot of damage in your relationships. Aiming for the pleasure of God in your life, I'm telling you, will be that, that PTC, that thing that puts on the brakes where I say, okay, no matter what, in this situation, I will be pleasing to God rather than being pleasing to myself. That is going to hit the brakes on the train every single time to stop it from going off the tracks but allow you to manage the situation. It won't solve every problem right away. It won't make every pain easier right away, but it will hinder it from doing damage because when God is pleased, we can find strength, security, peace, hope, and love in that. So we need to develop this pleasure of God, and as we do that, it is going to be a major benefit, not only to you, not only to the people in your life, but ultimately, it is going to give glory to God. So this week, will you just ask yourself this question? Is what I'm about to do going to be pleasing to the Lord? And see if that doesn't begin to drive your sanctification, to push you more like Jesus Christ. And as you put in the videotape and think of his life, man, just really learn from him, okay? So I'm going to pray in a moment. Then we're going to dismiss you to your groups. Everybody goes to their room, correct, Ryan? Everyone's going to go to their room at least to start unless your small group leader has told you something different. So I'm going to pray and then we'll dismiss. God, thank you uh, that we have such an example in Christ who because he did it perfectly, has redeemed us, has taken away the penalty of our sin. And God, with the power of the Spirit, we can now follow after him so that we might do things that are pleasing to you. God, I beg that we would be children who please the Father and that you would look at us and say, well done, good and faithful servant, when we stand before you one day. God, please give us that heart to be pleasing to you. Make it that one, our one aim and ambition. And we say this all in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, guys, have a good time tonight. And we